Overcast. Episode 16 of Up and Overcast. Two geeks of a certain age trying to figure out who the other one is after a quarter century of friendship spent mostly separated by most of North America. I've been told that I'm Scott Horn, and if memory serves, William Cooper's name is William Cooper. This week it is. Uh, I'm not in trouble from the law, so I am using my own name. Okay. Or at least the one you generally Shh, show to the they world. Don't, they, don't, they don't need to know that. Okay. <laughs> How is it going? Oh, it's fine. Oh, it's fine. Over there. You know, the weather keeps snapping one way and the other on us. Mm-hmm. We had such Here a too. beautiful Saturday and Sunday. It was perfect. And then Monday it was frigid. And today only slightly less so. That's like it is here. It just uh, plays havoc with your heartstrings and throws you niceness and then badness. And uh, I just never know. It's it's just it's this weird relationship with the weather. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't know what you want from me. I don't know what 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 I want from you either. <laughs> so I'm gonna just break up with it. Yeah, I'm still waiting to wake up and find snow on the porch again. Yeah, yeah. I could make that happen. Really? Yeah. Are you the one who normally makes that happen <laughs> in the end of March, early April? Because it tends to yeah, happen. Yeah. No, it's a very, very narrow superpower. I, I have the power to control the weather, but only at the very end of March. Mm. Only snow and only in Ohio. Okay. So it doesn't come in handy very much, but just let me know because I'm right, right here. You got to take your superpowers days. where you can get them. That's right. That's right. Don't li- lift a... Don't lift? Don't look a gift <laughs> superpower in the mouth. I, I won't lift a, a horse either in okay. the mouth. Do you have any follow-up or anything? <laughs> I, uh, Are I you still d- here? <laughs> yes, I am. I don't have any follow-up. I, I, I do, and I, I don't know if you're going to discuss this later, but I I do want to talk about your hair choice. Is or lack thereof. Oh, don't worry. Thereof? Don't Don't worry. Okay, good, because that's a that's an important thing. But yeah. follow up? No, I I don't really have any uh, anything. I think uh, the past episodes were perfect, so mm-hmm. I have nothing more to add or to say. Well, they may have you? been perfect. I'm not sure they were understood. Oh, I'm specifically wondering when is that a goal back. now? Yeah, <laughs> mark <laughs> that down. All right, that'll change a lot of stuff. I'll take twenty, yeah. you know, that's twenty down. times as long to produce if we do that. <laughs> um. Listening back, I was wondering if anybody got the Spinal Tap reference, or did they all just wonder who the heck Nigel Tufnell was during the music <laughs> segment? Yeah, that's it's a good it's uh, a good point. I take it, that. I, yeah, I, we didn't give that you granted. know any heads up or anything on that. Oops, <laughs> <laughs> no, just kind of dropped in. And I figured to make up for that, we drop in another one here at the fo- at the top oh. of the show. Perfect. So let me do one here. This is a top to uh, you know what we use on stage, but it's very, very special because if you can see, yeah, the numbers all go to eleven. Look right across the board. 
Oh. 11, oh, 11, and most of 11, and then amps go up to 10. Exactly. Does that mean it's louder? Is it any louder? Well, it's one louder, isn't it? It's not 10. You see, most most blokes are going to be playing at 10. You're on 10 here, all the way up, all the way up, yeah. all the way up. You're on 10 on your guitar. Where can you go from there? Where? I don't know. Nowhere, exactly. What we do is if we need that extra push over the cliff, you know what we do? Uh, put it up to 11. 11, exactly. One louder. Why don't you just make 10 louder and make 10 be the top number and make that a little louder? These go to 11. <laughs> <clears throat> so, um, yes, go out and if you ha don't know what, what's by who? God. <laughs> okay. That's what the show's going to be like. Neither one of us can speak. I can't form a, a sentence. If you don't know who uh, Spinal Tap is or what it is, uh, go and Google figure that. it out and watch Google it. Google that immediately. Yeah. Go do go deal with it. Stop the podcast. Pause it. Mm -hmm. And then go watch Right. In the case movie. we have any more spoilers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then go watch the movie and then come back and then resume. Right. Yeah. All right. So, uh, hey, well, we can just head into our topic. What do you think? Let's do that. Let's give it a whirl. Beyond the Porch. I have uh, quite a lot to say uh, about what lies beyond the porch this week. And I've sort of come up with a theme, mm -hmm. um, which is, <clears throat> you know, our world is is complicated uh there's a lot of things going on in it and we have some weird ways of trying to control that and understand it and sometimes deny it or dismiss it so that's the that's the theme of these of the the three places that i went to over the weekend hmm. um the first, I had Friday off uh it was what we call our spring holiday but we all know what it really was, but we can't say that anymore. Um, that's my old man rant about not being able to call things what they are. Um, so we had our spring holiday break, uh, and I went uh, to a park here. Uh, it's actually close to a park that you uh, frequented when you visited, Karkeek Park. Mm -hmm. I went to Golden Gardens Park um, at low tide, which was really cool. Um, could walk pretty much i think i could walk all the way to canada <laughs> along the beach um and it was beautiful day um there's a wetlands that's uh within the the boundaries of this park i think that's called the ocean william <laughs> well it's missing the land part it's actually wet and land okay um it's very this very very teeny stretch I, it's I don't even know I, I can't think of a it's just like over this bridge and there on either side there are these ponds mm -hmm. and they just are frequented by lots and lots of bird life and animal life and people stop there and watch and um, on this day uh, there was a great blue heron mm -hmm. uh, who was there uh, some kingfishers um, a lot of turtles uh, a lot of uh, blackbirds and 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 various animals like this so i was having a great time and um especially with the great blue heron it's a huge bird yeah uh very close you could just you know pretty much just walk up and shake its 
wing. <laughs> I don't know why you'd want to, but if you did want to do that, you could. Um, and I was just hanging out there, and uh, what often happens to me at times like this happens to me at the zoo as well. You hang out long enough, and you experience the wide variety of reactions that people have to wildlife. Mm-hmm. So I had people who would walk up and they're, oh, this is great. What kind of bird is that? Oh, great blue heron, right? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's fascinating. Those sort of people. And then you had the people that were with their kids. I had a, a father and uh, his uh, daughter. His daughter ran, ran up and she said, look, daddy, it's a herring. Like the fish. Mm-hmm. And he looked up and said, yep. <laughs> and just went back to walking. Um, you know, his control is like, I don't know what that is, but uh, she'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> I just say, yep. Or maybe they add G to the end of every word and you just don't understand <laughs> yeah. their dialect. Yeah, maybe. Um, but the funniest people... And this, I'm going to tell another story, a quick story about this. But uh, there was one woman that walked up behind me and just said in a loud voice, what the hell is that? (laughs) And pointed. And before I could answer, she just scurried off like it was the worst thing she'd ever experienced in her life. (laughs) And I felt really bad for her. Was she pointing at you or the bird? know the bird she's okay. like what the okay. hell is that and just scurried off i was just offering a potential explanation <laughs> and it reminded me of another time when i was someplace and, and was visiting with a raven uh very large you know birds and i had a woman walk up behind me and she said oh god look at that black chicken <laughs> and then she made this this shiver in this face like yuck And well, that's the thing about people. They come from all over. <laughs> they do. And and she walked off and I kept thinking, first of all, what happened to you with chicken? What did a chicken do to you? That was that. She's like deathly like, oh, my God, a chicken. How horrendously disgusting. Like, what, <laughs> what did a chicken ever do to you that caused that sort of reaction? Um so yeah, it's just I, I I started I was enjoying the the wildlife and as as moments went on I started to sort of observe the people more and uh, I don't know there's just something that I find kind of amazing about uh, and I, like I said I see this at the zoo a lot people who encounter the wild world around them. Mm-hmm. In such a way that they don't say, huh, I wonder what that is. I should find that out. And instead they're like, I have no idea what that is. And uh, so you're, I'm just going to yeah, it's a little pretend that that doesn't exist. Right. It, it, it's not what you're used. You don't, you find it hard to understand how that many people, that majority of people can have such a shallow view and lack of curiosity about things. Right. Or even to say, and there's a handful of people, even to say, what, what is that? What kind of bird is that? And someone would say, oh, it's a great blue heron. Oh, interesting. Not even that. It's just like, I don't, I don't know what that is. Well, and... that's just it. If they find out its name, they haven't really learned anything. 
Right. And to go any deeper would just be hard. So they've, 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 they've already just put up, well, why should I even bother knowing its name? Because I'm not going to take this knowledge any further. <laughs> right. <laughs> It'd be best if I just pretend I didn't see it. Yeah. Or forget about it two minutes from now. Yeah. And I guess I, I just find that I, and most of the people, I, you know, all my friends, I mean, are, are curious people about the world and, and, um, at least when they encounter something that they don't have never encountered before, they might think, huh, what's this? Mm-hmm. And it just seems like that's the normal response to me. But, um, I just, there's so many, so many people, um, I see it, like I said, the zoo is the worst place. I see it happen with, uh, parents turning to their children and saying, mis, misidentifying animals, like in a horrendous way, <laughs> despite the fact that there's a huge <laughs> sign with the animal's name, it's the worst you know, yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's a, you know, that's that's a tiger, and they walk off, and it's like it's a it's not a tiger, it's a leopard. It <laughs> says right there, leopard. <laughs> to them, that's the difference, you know, between a a Chevy and a Buick. Yeah, they're they're both, right. They're both GMCs. It's, it's yeah. Just, <laughs> well, it's like yeah, it's like what kind of car do you have? I don't know. GMC. What do you mean? You, you don't know even the the brand or the model of their company? No, just car. I just call it car. <laughs> it's blue. It's like it's people just wouldn't wouldn't have you know, right? That that, that wouldn't exist, you know. Um, so anyway, that well, was if we the... were riding big cats. I think they'd know what kind of cat they were on. Oh, that's true. We generally don't use them for transportation. Maybe we should start riding herons so that they would know. You give that a world, then people definitely be going, what the hell is that? <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> Especially the heron. What so, are you doing on top of me? So on these for these three things you want to do, should we each do one, or do you want to do all three of yours and then oh, we take can, a stab at all three of mine? Whatever you want. Do you want to do one of yours? Yeah, I think we should. All right, let's, let's alternate. Yeah. Um, that'll make it hard for the... People who only want to listen to one of us. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> to skip not to skip around quite a bit. Very clever. Okay. <laughs> so for me, so your subject is about control and uh-huh. understanding the world. Um, for me, it's more about escape, attempting to control or understand right now frequently is beyond my capabilities and I gave up on control and more often I'm just looking for escape mm-hmm. and so rather than really getting off my porch sometimes I'm just going down to my basement and the basement man cave is a well-known cliche in, in American culture <laughs> right um, I think another good name for it would be childhood retention cave oh that's actually great. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a great escape. And it always has been for me till sometime around early 2010. It was winter. I had a brief stint in hospital, which I think is how the British say it. <laughs> and right. uh, the water heater at home broke. And so my lovely wife, Jane, had to figure out what to do about this. And I said, well, you should definitely call and get it replaced. And she's like, well, yeah, but there's tons of boxes of your junk all around it and so we arranged to have our nephews come over um 
the weekend I was in the mm-hmm. hospital and move all this junk that was crowded around the uh, the water heater, but they moved it into my basement space <laughs> to clear so the plumber could replace the water heater. Mm-hmm. All that junk is still in there in in my man cave, it's, you know, f- six years later. So <laughs> it's really just full of junk, just like any other space. It's no longer any kind of retreat that one would want to be in. So my retreats down here are less and less often because it's actually more more depressing rather than less. You need to get those nephews back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're good guys. To to move that stuff out. Where? Um. Hey, I, I, I can only go so far. <laughs> That's as if far as my... If there was some place to take them, went. they would be there. <laughs> Mound of Doom. Yeah. <laughs> Um. Wow. Yeah. That's uh. That's no good. Having mm. junk in your man cave. Mm. Um. But I like the name of that childhood. Uh, what'd you say? Childhood retention. Cave? Childhood retention cave. Yeah. That's that's perfect. That's that's how I how I think of it too. Huh. Okay. Great. Um. Well, not great that you're hiding in the basement, but um. <laughs> well, I don't very often because it's really not mm. that great. Right, right, right. Um, well, let me let me talk about my second my second way of control. Uh, I went to the Washington State Caucus. That was just uh, what day was that? Was that Saturday? Saturday, eh? Mm-hmm. And um, a a caucus is a place that you go to. You you walk in to mm-hmm. a school, um, and there are. Hundreds and hundreds of people crammed into little rooms, and uh, you're vaguely trying to figure out where your district is, and you get with your district, and you try to hear what's going on. You can't really. Uh, And you turn in these little sheets of paper that say, this is who I want to vote for, and they count them up, and they say, hey. So is it like a uh, Wall Street trading floor, and there's all these people talking? and (laughs) It was very much like that, yes. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Especially when it came time to, because uh, part of a caucus is that everyone has a chance to speak for their candidate to try to sway everyone else, especially the undecideds. Do they have it's little soapboxes for you to stand on, or? Um, well, this was a this was a school, mm-hmm. uh, and, and we were in the cafeteria, so people stood on top of the lunch tables. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Any of them try to put on a show or anything? Like that? <laughs> no, no one tried to. Put on a show. No, I was hoping that we'd end up in the library because I wanted to do a breakfast club thing, but we <laughs> we did not. Um, you so, drift to make art? Is that what you mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, so it, it just, it's like caucus is a bizarre, chaotic place where you vote and you people know who, kind of know who you voted for. So they're confronting you. And you're looking face to face with everyone else, and you know exactly what's going on. Um, and how it's is just, how are your votes registered? You you just turn in a piece of paper and uh, to who? you to the uh, what are they called precinct captain? I think. Mm-hmm. And they assign two counters or three counters, depending on how many candidates there are. In this case, there's only two. 
So they counted two counters, one from, you know, one candidate side, one from the other candidate side, and they, they count the pile that is their candidate's votes. And they say, 20, 87. And then there's a whole bunch of math. They, we were told, by the way, that they had a computer that they could use, which we mm. found funny. And uh, then they do very complicated math, and they figure out how many delegates happen or you know each little district can give toward the candidate and then then you would elect the delegates which is a long process and then two hours later you go home <laughs> so As it's opposed- a fixed duration event uh no it can go on forever it just goes on until you're done if there is a lot of argument and a lot of uh debate it can go on for four hours it's horrible as opposed to the primary system where you just go and vote um, so <laughs> this, I, I don't even know how to just describe this control, but it's just this lack of, it's just absolute chaos where we have some illusion that we're controlling something and we're not. <laughs> um, in the midst of this, I sat with some people who supported my candidate. Uh, it was a very small group of people. And I heard the story. I live in a neighborhood called Wallingford. We live next to a neighborhood called Fremont. And the separation line between the two is this random road. And I'm on the Fremont side. On the other side of me is, is a highway, mm-hmm. which you would think, oh, that would be the, the why, why didn't they just split the neighborhood at the freeway, which you have to cross to get <laughs> to the other place. So I'm on the Fremont side, but I have to cross the freeway to get to Fremont. So I've always said, well, I'm in Wallingford. Right. Um. I talked to somebody who she said, um, this is Seattle, right? So we're sitting there and she said, uh, you belong to the uh, Buy Nothing group, right? <laughs> I'm like, uh, as if like, of course you do. I'm like, no, I no. <laughs> like I belong to the Buy Everything group. What's, I, I, don't bought, know buy I n- bought gasoline the other day. Yeah, <laughs> so... She said in the Buy Nothing group, there was a huge debate. There's a huge problem last week when they went to split up the group into sections, Wallingford and Fremont, and all of the Walling, all the Fremont people that were on my side of the freeway were suddenly shocked to realize they were actually in Fremont. And there was a lot of anger and argument <laughs> about this. And it's like, well, you guys are in Fremont. No, we're in, we're in Wallingford. And it it they started to 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 battle in this little group <laughs> about where they what yeah what to call a physical location right what, what to call size a physical of some location line that a physical location lied on <laughs> right and they finally decided that the, the Fremont group was going to be called Fremont and West Wallingford <laughs> and the people in West Wallingford would not have that. Because they said that's just a name only. So she so was, is West Wallingford. Is there such a thing as that? <laughs> no, it was just to try not. to 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 satisfy the people. Uh, so there's these weird like neighborhood boundaries that don't mean anything. There's no like voting center. There's no. There's nothing. All right. Whether whether you're in Ballard or Fremont or Wallingford means zero. It just mm-hmm. gives you a sense of of identity, and. Uh, there were a lot of people who identified as Wallingforders and were suddenly told that they were Fremonters and were very, very upset. So 
it's a typical Seattle thing that this could become such such a huge event. Did that they, they want like, them to know... move to a different table or something because of this? I mean, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what happened. They wanted them to move to it. They had to go to the Fremont table, and they were like, "I don't. I'm a Wallingford person." They're like, "You're not, because you're over here on this." <laughs> so. That's kind of way, as we waited for as we watched through all these debates, we entertained ourselves by talking about this this other group that that had this uh, this fight over these bizarre boundaries. So for me, the caucus was just this. It was so the whole electoral system is so complicated. No one really understands what's going on, and especially the delegate system, mm-hmm. um, and the super delegate system. No one really understands what's happening. So these events don't teach you anything they just well, I, I don't claim yeah I, I don't know enough about i don't know any jack i don't know anything about caucus system it just just sounds like from your descriptions that um shouty people win well that it, that i'll tell you the we had the end of the undecideds and definitely the shouty people won them over i've been to other mm-hmm. caucuses where it's been more split and there've been a lot of shouting Mm-hmm. And people are swayed mm-hmm. by the shouty people. It's a weird, weird thing because voting, you're supposed to vote and you're like, no one knows who I voted for. And in the caucus system, you're sort of like, okay, everyone for this candidate in this part of the room, everyone for this candidate on this part of the room. It's like, uh, now we're staring at each other. Jets and sharks. <laughs> That's right. It's just such a bizarre, bizarre experience. Um, well, I'm glad and you I, did it. It's important to participate, no matter how weird. Yeah, I I am too. I I kind of wish we go to a primary because I think that's a little easier. But uh, and it was great meeting folks in our neighborhood who share the same sort of political views. But um, uh, it's just <laughs> just cramming like a hundred people into a school lunchroom and then was just just something else entirely. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and plus, you know, they let me go back to, to high school, which um, I never thought they'd let me in another high school again. So, <laughs> so that's good. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So what else do you have here? Well, it's all pretty heavy. Mm-hmm. Uh, when stuff gets too weighty for me, I uh, the basement doesn't work. I flee to driving. Mm. Um, as Neil Peart is fond of saying, Driving soothes your little baby soul. I've definitely oh. found that to be true. So to get far beyond the porch, uh, what works for me is driving and listening to music or podcasts and singing along or crying along or whatever it is. That's truly my favorite escape. I told you that little baby soul does not belong to you. You have to give it back. <laughs> I don't know that that's possible. <laughs> uh, I'm with you right there with the driving. That That is definitely something that I have done my whole life. Is I love, love driving. I used to drive around uh, with you sometimes. I used right. to drive around the, the city ring of Columbus. Loved it. Um, I don't have much of a drive I can do here in Seattle because it's just not very circular. But... Uh, I still do it. I still love it, and it still just kind of gets me out of my head and yeah, into exactly. my own little place. Yeah, but a little bubble. Yeah, I I think I'm getting a, a little too attached to it. Um, and one thing 
that I've noticed is is I listen do most of my listening in a car while I'm piloting the car that I um almost can't listen to stuff when I'm stationary. <laughs> if I'm sitting oh, there and just playing something, playing a podcast, it just feels wrong. It's like, why aren't I moving? <laughs> I should be doing something else. Here, let me check my phone. But I have this other this other uh, problem is I find it impossible to read something while listening to something. Oh, I can't do that. And so, uh, oh, let me check my Twitter. I'll pod, pause my podcast to check my Twitter if I'm sitting at yeah. a table somewhere. And then I'll be like, oh, I should be listening to my thing. I go to listen to my thing and I have to stop reading because I can't do both. But then while I'm just sitting there listening, I'm fidgety because I'm not doing something else. <laughs> right. Now so I, 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 yeah, I, I, well, I guess I'll just have to get in the car then if I want to listen to this. When I'm, when I'm coding, um, and doing development stuff, I listen to podcasts all the time. It does not interfere. Ooh. The I, minute. Yeah. I could not do it at all. That I could not do that at all. Yeah. It does not interfere. The second I Google something and have to read anything, I have to pause the podcast because it doesn't work. <laughs> Wow. Well, that yeah. would indicate that, you know, really the the coding stuff is really second nature. Yeah, it might be some other part of the brain or something. But uh, right. I listen to podcasts all day long as I as I build pages and stuff. And I did that today. But the second the second I'm like, oh, I don't know how to do this. Let me read one paragraph. It's like, nope, I've shut everything down. Everything. Everybody shut up. I got to read this paragraph and then I can go back to it. So, um, so do you walk around in little circles when you, cause you could try that. No. You could walk around your house and walk around your yard maybe. Nope. Hmm. That would require knees. I have a perfect, I have the perfect solution for you. The van cam room. Mm, simulated. Uh-huh. You go downstairs, turn on the van cam, listen to a podcast. <laughs> Everyone's happy. Okay, I'll give that a try next time. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, see? Um, okay. Well, I can definitely identify with that one. Um, the last thing I experienced uh, is a little shorter story. We went to Seattle Symphony. I do this every year. Um, I get a birthday present from my mother-in-law. Uh, which is my my pick of a symphony f- performance. Um, so we go out. We saw uh, a great, uh, amazing concert this time. One of my favorites. And um, one of the selections was uh, Scheherazade by Rimsky Korsakov. Wow, that's a mouthful. It is. It is a mouthful. Um, is this something you were already familiar with, or you just came upon? No, I, uh, I, I, every year I, I try to experience something I haven't experienced before. Um, so I've never, I'd never heard, uh, Scheherazade or anything by Korsakoff or Rims Korsakoff. Um, so this was new to me and I had a fantastic, it was just, it was fantastic. It was unbelievable. And, uh, some other pieces before that were great by, um, Stravinsky, or not Stravinsky, but Tchaikovsky and, but, um, you know, the audience in these things uh, tend to be older, older gentlemen and, uh, and their, 
you know, wives. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, you know, 60, 70% of the audience is this demographic and the other is very mixed. So I don't know if it's a generational thing and it probably is not a generational thing, but something I, I experienced quite a bit and I heard this behind me. So there's a program that you get when you go to the symphony, as you might expect. It explains uh, the pieces you're about to hear and uh, a little bit, uh, usually very well-written, little mini histories of the composers and kind of what they were going through at the time that they composed the the pieces. It's really interesting um, and well-written, like I said. So what I experienced, and this is not the first time this has happened, I heard behind me, uh, a man who definitely had read the program mm-hmm. turned to his wife and explain what they were going to see as if he'd known this his whole life. He's in a, and she read the same thing. They're both reading this thing and he finished, they finish it. And he's like, so, um, you know, Rimsy Korsakoff, he was in the Navy <laughs> and, um, you know, this piece we're about to see, it was written. I'm like, dude, <laughs> We all know this. It's right in the thing. <laughs> I'm trying to press, impress a lady on a first date, and he's actually with the woman he's been married to for 50 years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who I'm sure has read the same thing, and she just, you know, nods at him. Mm, well, that's interesting, dear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, it's obvious to anyone who hears because it's like, we all just read this. There's just a page. We all read it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I heard what I call Rimsy Korsakoff splaining. <laughs> <laughs> and the next symphony, when he's behind you, it'll be whatever that is splaining. Right. Exactly. I uh, had a, a cute little, <laughs> a cute older couple talking thing happen to me uh, today. Yeah. Or I experienced that it. it didn't really happen to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I had had to take my daughter to a doctor follow-up doctor appointment uh this morning and there was this really old couple sitting near the register window um he's got a walker and she has um like oxygens they're both pretty frail Mm -hmm. yeah and really old but they're just really engaged with talking to each other but it's comical because one of them can it doesn't doesn't really have much mental faculty, but they can speak perfectly fine. The other one, I think, knows what's going on, but can't hear. <laughs> oh, great. Okay. So she's talking, and she said she's reading the names of the magazines on the counter. Golf <laughs> Digest. <laughs> she's reading. Just, would you like this? No. What? No, I don't want to read Golf Digest. This has horses in it. <laughs> I'll bet Susan would love this. And he goes, who's Susan? <laughs> and she goes, your niece. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and, it was, and they're both saying these things really loud. You know, right. it's almost like they're doing a skit. It's, <laughs> I feel like I'm watching. <laughs> they finally worked on their improv. Right. Like, this is a perfect place <laughs> yeah, to try this out. <laughs> Almost wanted to go over and pull their masks off and find out that they're twenty <laughs> somethings doing improv. That's right. It was Oh, cute. that's that's great. 
I and you know that's and you know we'll be there one day or two, but that is something I definitely yeah, see I think a it's lot next of Wednesday. Yeah, I I've experienced that on the bus sometimes when an older couple and the the woman the wife it's always the wife will say we'll start reading the street signs. Mm-hmm. Hmm, Mulligan Street, <laughs> dry right. cleaning open all night. Right, just like a seven year old who's learning to read well. <laughs> yeah, right. It's the same thing. You're you're practicing a faculty. Yeah. And the mm-hmm. husband will go, oh, is that right? Open all night. Hmm. Well, I never. Who <laughs> is Susan? Yeah. Uh, it's great. Um, yeah. So, uh, and, you know, the, the last thing I'll say about it, it's just, it's just, that happens a lot, and maybe it is an older generational thing. I, I don't know. Whenever it's happened, and it usually happens at these events uh, or plays or things like that, it's always an older couple that's doing this. Mm-hmm. And I I don't know. And, and I just know that the woman is just going along with it. She's she's put up with this for 50 years now. So she, she gets it. Right. If she just says, mm-hmm, then it's over. And if she were, to, she probably started out forty years ago saying, "Dear, I I read that. I, I know I read that." I, now she's like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. right." She's decided, "Well, wow. I'll, just, I'll just treat him like I would a, a child or whatever." Right. Just, mm. Mm. just yeah. you don't say <laughs> the navy. <laughs> oh, well, well. <laughs> yep. Basically, completely ignoring them by giving pat answers. Right. Yep. Yeah. Um. Yep. So that's uh, that's what I had from the on the porch. What was your last uh, your last control understanding? Oh well, control. Um, eventually, I notice I don't have any, and I've been running mm-hmm. from it. Right. Um, and I've realized that I need to make a change so I can grasp some form of control from the world. Right. Right, right. And this this weekend, I grabbed control from my head. Oh, yeah. And uh-huh. I buzzed off all of my hair on my That's head. Amazing. So now I am well and truly shorn like <laughs> Wow. And it, it did not come out well. I, I've not <laughs> ever done this <laughs> like this before. But I, to be quite honest, I, what... My thing was I was sick and tired of pretending I wasn't bald. Ah, right, yeah. And I don't get my hair professionally cut anymore, haven't for a very long time, because I can't trust them, because they will try to help me deceive myself (laughs) that I have hair. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. When you go to the doctor with a broken arm, does he try to help you find a pose and a way of wearing your sleeves? (laughs) That disguises the fact that your arm is broken? No. Like a professional, he identifies and fixes the problem. He fixes right. your broken arm. Yeah. The barber, hairstylist, whatever, although also a professional, does not do that. <laughs> you go in there and they cut your hair, except for the ones that would show that you're actually bald. And they whip it up into a cover-up for you. And I do not want that. It's like going to accountant. You don't have any money, but here's some Monopoly money. Here's how we can pretend you do, except <laughs> yeah, when right. you're talking to the government, we show pretend you don't. Yes. Wow. Okay. So I take matters into my own hands, and the result is 
it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, the funny thing is, I mean, it, it was such a a male, typical, you know, gender specific sort of male friendship thing because you you told me like I'm gonna do this, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, you have to, dude, do it, <laughs> do it. <laughs> I'm gonna sh- cut my all my hair off. Do it, dude. <laughs> I'm like, why am I cheering for this? I don't really know, but. I want this to happen. <laughs> so to somebody uh, else, yeah. But we'll, <laughs> your your day will come, William. Yeah. Well, there will I come know. a time when the Prince Charming look will no longer be appropriate. <laughs> Hopefully, I'll have my dad's hair. He had a full shock of hair till he was eighty. Mm. Well, when um, I realized that um, my hairline had receded to the top of my head. Yeah, and if I, I take my finger and I just move it up until I'm at the at where I'm at my hairline, and notice that my finger is literally smack dab in the center of my head. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, that's just time to stop pretending you have hair. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that. Mm-hmm. So you're not happy with the result. I didn't expect to be. Hmm. Did you? Did you? Did you, did you have a buzz cut sort of thing, or did you just? I set the I set the thing on number two. Uh huh. I don't know if you've seen the little... I don't know what that is, but... uh, Well, uh, a close crop would be like a three, which they're big. The bigger the number, the longer the the hair hair left. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So a three would be a pretty tight buzz cut, and this was a two. Wow. Okay. You're going to have to send me a a photo or something. You're going to... I don't know if you've seen the pictures of David Letterman lately that have been floating around the media (laughs) in retirement. Um, no. I'll have to show you those, but uh, maybe send, I'll send you some pictures of other people who I now look like. Okay, <laughs> that sounds like a good plan. <laughs> you just gave me a Spinal Tap uh, memory too. I was started to read the the bigger the number, the sweeter the push in. <laughs> Remember that song? Bigger, better, the, the bigger, better, the, the bigger cushion. the cushion. Yeah, yeah, the sweeter the push in. Yeah. Talk about mud flaps. My girl's got them. <laughs> oh boy! Hey, that's a good that's a good segue into our music segment. Perfect. Let's get into it. Music in rear view. Kind of rear view. <laughs> get rear it? View. Rear view. Mud flaps. Cushion. Pushing. Okay. Boom! 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 Wow, that sounds great. Is that a is that stereophonic sound too? It is. Oh, um, this uh, is a sample of some early electronic music, and uh, oh, okay, it's actually oh, orchestral, that. so symphonic, if you will. Um, in keeping with uh, your symphony visit, mm-hmm. this is an album from 1969 entitled. Walter Carlos and the Well-Tempered Synthesizer. <laughs> Are making these up every week. <laughs> you just make these up. You've you somehow wish. put Check fake entries. <laughs> Check the show notes. <sighs> Walter Carlos and the Well-Tempered Synthesizer. And okay. this is his follow-up to Switched on Bach. Well, of course. Which was a sleeper... Big giant success for some for some reason, and it, that baffled the record company. So they said, "Well, you're just going to have to do another one." And this hmm. is the result of that. Okay, and it's a series of pieces by uh, 
Handel, Bach, Monteverdi. Great. The usual suspects. Yeah. All those people, they're all in the Navy, I hear. What's funny is the beginning of this, uh, referencing the stereophonic uh, advertisement portion of it, important, this is in all caps and bold, mm. mm-hmm. this record has critical stereo balance for maximum enjoyment. Please Ooh. balance your speakers by using the test tones on side one, band one. You will hear four tones in the exact center, followed by left, right, left, right. Wow. So I, that seems like a lot of work. Right. So they're putting it all on you, the listener. Yeah. Hey, right. if this doesn't sound good, you probably didn't follow our instructions. <laughs> That's There's right. This is an amazing sound. You yeah. guys suck. Okay. Yeah. Right. So I'm going to play that, <laughs> that track one, including the test tone. Oh, good. And I this is a tones. section from Monteverdi's Orfeo Suite. You got it? You in balance? Yeah, I think so. I think right. I, let me move we'll my head a little bit. Okay, I'm good. just the opener. There's a little more. Sounds like the beginning of a Yes album. It does. <laughs> wow, that is uh, that is something. Or some kind of or old. It just reminds me of so many things. Old nineteen eighties uh, video game music and uh, right. Uh, but what they're dealing with there is monophonic Moog synthesizers without sequencers. Yeah, I'm, oh. I, I'm sure they're using multi-track recording, mm-hmm. obviously, but you know all those different anything that's a chord, anything that's a layered of instruments. That those are a separate instrument, a separate moog being played at the same time or played on a different track. You know, oh, I see. Through playback well, that is because, complicated then, right? Because um, yeah. there's no such thing as a polyphonic synthesizer in 1969. There's, right. There was right. no such thing as a sequencer. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, now that you say that, I, yeah. it's, that's a little more... A lot of work goes in, in that yeah, making it sound that seamless. Yep. Um, do you have one more shortcut? Uh, this is the first track on the second side. This is uh, Bach's Brandenburg Con- Concerto oh, number four. Yes. Hmm. 
It's uh, it's always interesting to me when I start thinking about things like 1969. You know, the summer of love and everything was going on, and and some other quadrant of the world, the synthesizer. <laughs> this stuff was happening with synthesizers that people thought was so cool that, you know, they they bought this this album. It, was it a, a a big success? Do you know or I don't I don't know particularly if this one was. Um, the Bach one was though, right? Was that yeah. synthesizer too? Yeah, yeah, that was. Mm. And they didn't expect it to be. It was kind of an experiment if the liner notes from this album are to be believed. It was just mm. uh, this guy, um, Walter Carlos, is a physicist who just does wow. music in his spare time. And he had gotten fascinated by this new Moog synthesizer stuff and started recording himself doing this and ended up putting together something that um, actually got sold to a record company and uh, they put it out as a lark and it was a big, big hit. So then the poor physicist had to do it again. <laughs> His, uh, we, uh, we're going to have to include this photo where people can look at it. His photo in Discogs is great. For the album cover or, or for, for just him. for the individual? Yeah, for him. He's He is such... A 1960s, 70s nerd. It's great. <laughs> He's sitting in front of like this huge bank of wires and cables and a couple keyboards and what looks behind him like the Russian space program. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it is pretty incredible. Have you looked at the album cover itself? Um, I have not. Okay. Um, if you Google for the well-tempered synthesizer, um, what's funny about the cover is it's got these people all dressed up in uh, you know Baroque outfits with powdered wigs and whatnot. But uh, the guy in the center of the picture looks exactly like Eric Idle. <laughs> awesome. Dre dressed up as, as a, you know, a composer from the 1600s. Wow. So I, uh, oh my goodness. Okay. I have a lot to say about, about Walter. Um, because Walter is now Wendy. Hmm. Yeah. 
Walter Carlos is now Wendy Carlos. And went on to do Switched on Bach 2. And then the soundtrack to Tron. Is that right? That's what wendycarlos.com says in the discography. Wow. I know. That, that's a lot to put in the show notes there. I'm going to have to spend some time reading this stuff. That's Disney's pretty awesome. Tron, music by Wendy Carlos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that is incredible. Yep. And you, you made the connection just listening to that. You were like, this sounds like some did. video game stuff. And... 1980s video game. That's exactly mm-hmm. what it is. Yeah. Wow. Uh, well, that's fascinating. And uh, Wendy has gone on to... Um, she continues to put out stuff. Wow. So left, switched on left, Bach 2000. Left the physics behind. Yeah. Yeah. And at some point became Wendy. I don't know why that happened. I'm going to have to read up about. Like, yeah. It's fascinating. Well, it's confusing. It, it wasn't confusing, but it. you look at the Discogs thing and it says Walter Carlos, real name, Wendy Carlos. Like what? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, amazing. So there you go. That's going to definitely be some read-in and maybe some follow-up on the next show. Yeah, I think we're. I, I think we're going to. Yeah, do some read-up and listen to some of this stuff. I think um, there's some more there that needs to be talked. Yeah, about. definitely of uh, Wendy Carlos. Well, great. Thanks for uh, thanks for sharing that. I uh, mm-hmm. enjoyed that a lot. It's it when we listen to this old stuff. Um, I just I'm, it's always fascinating to me because I was just I I think how novel the synthesizer was back then that you could say like oh my god listen to this thing you know it's electric music like what (laughs) and now we just take it for granted so much that you couldn't you know Mm -hmm. put out an album of all synthesizer covers of classical music people would say oh come on (laughs) (laughs) how would how would you tell yeah yeah so uh right these days right these days how would you tell it's like this is all synthesizer they may have done it on their ipad for all you know yeah <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Well, great. Uh, thanks for that. That uh, was a good, uh, good rear view. Yeah. So, uh, why don't you tell folks uh, where they can contact us, where they can find our show notes? I will. Well, our show notes, as always, is our is our is our. I'm stuck. Can't can't go on. Show notes are hmm, over at upandovercast.com or on Facebook at Up and Overcast on Facebook. And you can email us. I realize that maybe the problem is people don't understand how to spell podcast. So it's P-O-D, that's P-O-D-C-A-S-T, podcast, at upandovercast.com. How do they spell at? Um, It's a little crazy, crazy squiggle, man. It's like a little backward snail. All right. That's it. All right. Well, I hope people go there and, you know, do those things. Yeah. I hope uh, I go there and do those things. I want to read all about Walter slash Wendy Carlos. I do. I do, too. I'm going to be doing that right after this podcast. So I'm wondering, um, referencing Spinal Tap again, because we Mm -hmm. have to keep throwing that in to remind people. Yeah. That what we were really talking about on a previous episode. Yeah, that's right. Wondering, can you think of anything else that goes to 11? Well, I can, but you have to buy me dinner first.
Okay, sweetheart. <laughs> Just dinner, huh? You're easy. <laughs> uh, I don't know why I had a southern accent there. <laughs> because you, you have always let me. You're drunk. You are drunk. I got to do my reset tone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm telling you, you need those four tones so you can rebalance yourself. We never, we never brought in that music. <laughs> we never brought in that music.